0: not wanting to be exposed and to expose others and to uh, sort of uh, put people in a dangerous position or spot uh, especially trying to deal with uh, not only government and the government requirements and those things and i i know Sometimes people don't understand, and I've, I've said it before, but I will kind of reiterate it just so that you understand that unfortunately at the beginning of this pandemic and at the beginning of, uh, of all of this, there was a, a sense from the insurance companies that if you don't comply with Um, state and local uh, protocol, then uh, we have the authority to cancel your insurance policies. And so uh, I know that seems crazy, but it would be like, um, you know, if they said, well, you are violating uh, and the church catches fire, I guess, Technically, they could say, uh, we found you were not in compliance, and even though the fire had nothing to do with you being in compliance, we could uh, have to deal with that from a legal standpoint of, you know, well, you violated what we told you. And so... uh, it's been a balancing act uh, for all of us and i i know it has been for a variety of stores and businesses and people and all of that i you know and we've all faced the quandary, And unfortunately, it doesn't sound like it's totally over by any means, although the Lord's been good. We've seen the numbers going down and more folks have been getting <coughs> vaccinated. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what they will do as far as, you know. Uh, put a mark on our heads or hands or arms that we have. Uh, care, you know we've been uh, vaccinated. I uh, I know there was a time whenever I thought, man, I wish I was over 70 or whatever so I could be in the first wave. And then uh, I didn't. You know I didn't get it in the first wave or the second wave or the third wave. And I guess uh, just uh, you say, well, Pastor, did you ever get a, a vaccination? I, I did. I did actually last week I went and got my first dose and I uh, was um, I I tried to get online, couldn't get online. I called Sister Vicki and I said Sister Vicki, I was wanting to get online and get a dose and she said well I'll call you if it opens up. She called me and uh, we had the Hansons here and and unfortunately well actually fortunately I was just coming out of a store up in Amish country and we had brought them up there and, and um, I had a signal and then as I walked toward the car the signal dropped and then as I walked back toward the store the signal dropped and she said well you have to get online and I said you're gonna have to do it for me so that way I could blame her that she did it she set up my appointment I could blame sister Vicky. no I, I was the one I asked her to but uh, she helped me out anyway point is uh, <clears throat> I don't know um if it did what it's supposed to do or not, uh, I know I couldn't raise my left arm for a day and a half. So if, if that's what it's supposed to do, guess what? COVID will not get in this arm. It may get somewhere else, but it won't get in this arm because this arm was fully inoculated. I mean, I could hardly raise my hand for a while. But uh uh hallelujah the the lord is good and i you say well are, do you trust that no my trust is in god right. yeah. well are you, are you willing to get i'm sure i you know i've got other vaccinations in times past and I, you know cold, flu shots and smallpox and tetanus and i guess we've gone through a lot of them i don't know and you say well uh, you know, I, we prayed, we just said, Lord, you know, you make the way, open the door, and so that's kind of where we've been. But uh, feel good that uh, that that we're reaching a point, maybe possibly where we are seeing uh, light at the end of the tunnel and just hope that it's not a train coming our direction. But you know what? I don't think any of this caught the Lord off guard. No. And if it is a train, and if we're going to have another train wreck, you know, the Lord's got a reason for it. Right. And that's all I know. Because guess what? I didn't choose to build a church. You can say, well, CAC, and I'm thankful for it, and it's long history and over 100 years, and that's wonderful. But the Lord said, I'm going to build a church. And we read that this morning, and we read how in Matthew, he says on the very fact that I am the Messiah, uh, that's what I'm going to build my church on. And so when you stop and you realize that this is not, in one sense, it's not my journey, it's not my problem, it's not my situation, that God is the one that said I'm going to build a church I want to tell you something I don't care if it's a communist regime in China I don't care if it's the democrats I don't care if it's the republicans I don't care if it's coronavirus I don't care if it's an earthquake as long as the Lord is the one that's building the church the church is going to survive this building may not survive this name may not survive but the church will survive. He designed it. He died for it. He went to Calvary for it. And the church will make it. Sorry. He is the author and the Finisher. finisher of our faith. And that's a very powerful statement because he is the one that indeed is going to finish our journey. And yet part then it falls on me. How? And that's what Jesus told them in Matthew. Whenever Simon began to rebuke the Lord for saying that he was going to Jerusalem to die, Simon began to rebuke him and say that's not going to happen. And the Lord went on to say you must deny yourself, take up your cross. Now that's, I don't, you know, That's not a way to influence people and win friends. I mean, come be part of my club and die. Come be part of my club and give your life. Come be part of my club and be crucified. I, you know, I'm sorry, you know, for all of you that, you know, praise the Lord, we're getting a new club together, and it's going to be, you shall be crucified club. Not too many takers. Most of us kind of look down our nose and say, and yet here it is 2,000 years later and it has survived and it has thrived. It's thrived behind the Iron Curtain. It's thrived in places that you wouldn't believe. I, I know many years ago when my, uh, before the uh, some of the Iron Curtain fell, my wife and I were asked to go and bring Bibles back into Bulgaria and places now where they have them. And, and you know, we got all ready to go and then praise the Lord, it opened up and we didn't have to go smuggle Bibles. I don't know. We might have ended up, you know, in the FBI's most wanted list. I don't know. At that time, we were just like, Lord, if that door opens and we can do it, guess what? You know what? I'm here to tell you that the church is going to survive. They had believers that were back there needed Bibles. Anyway, the point of it all is, Jesus began to try to explain to them that if you seek to save your life, you'll lose it. And if you lose your life for the gospel's sake, you shall save it. And he said, what shall it profit if you gain the whole world and lose your soul? Now... I realize that we read in Revelation and then we read what Paul said in Ephesians. And when Paul talked in Ephesians about who before the foundation of the world he had the church, and that's where we stopped this morning. And now here it is in Colossians, and we we stopped there after Ephesians. But Colossians, Paul told the church in Colossians and Colossae, and and, and I, I, I don't want to... I, I, it's hard for me to kind of convey to you how I feel because I, it's hard for me to... to Put yourself in another culture, in another time zone, in another frame of mind. Jewish believers who had no idea that the Gentiles would be allowed in the church. Jewish believers who felt like they were the chosen of God. They had the oracles of God. Jewish believers who were putting up with Roman occupation and other things but still believed they were the chosen for to be immediately transformed that he would be the preacher to the Gentiles is just simply miraculous before this Paul would not have walked he would not have even wanted to step where a Gentile had walked the Jewish believers in that day would literally take a broom and sweep whenever they were walking because they would not want to step where another Gentile has stepped that's how prejudiced and biased and 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 tunnel vision they were in their thinking and yet then for Paul to have this light that shone down on the road when he was on the road to Damascus and I, I, I heard somebody use that that we need to all get on the road to Damascus <laughs> I thought it was pretty cute when I heard it but for him it wasn't D-E mask us. it was Damascus anyway when the light shone down and uh, you know that we're on the road to Damascus I guess right now and boom he got hit with the light and all of a sudden it was you know he woke he stood up trembling said who art thou Lord and the voice said I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. you can read that in the book of Acts but now Paul says even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generation and now is made manifest to his saints to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles which is what? Christ in you the hope of glory what a privilege that is that we have Jesus. I, I, I mentioned this morning about you taking him with you. But what a privilege that he would say, you know what, Paul, who, they, that's not anywhere in Jewish theology of, of, of the Messiah being in us. It, the Messiah was somebody that was going to come and be totally separate and, and all of that. But the, all of a sudden Paul began to realize this is not just a spirit earthly kingdom it's Christ in you and in Romans he said it like this well what advantage is to the Jew chiefly because unto them were committed the oracles of God the words of God for what if some did not believe shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect so in other words he says the Lord tried to get them to believe he tried to get them to believe And because they didn't believe, does that make the word wrong? Because someone chooses not to serve the Lord, does that make what God did on Calvary of net effect? Absolutely not. It is not the Lord has done enough to change you, to transform your life. You say... Well, I saw so-and-so, and they, they could never break whatever, and they could not. Okay, that doesn't make what God's right. Right. done of no effect. God forbid. He said, God is true, yes. and every man is a liar. So when you want to say, well... You know, I don't, I don't, you know, I've been to church I didn't feel nothing I didn't do nothing I didn't transform me that's not an indictment against God well I, I came and nothing happened to me he said every man is a liar this is what's true. Yeah. Yeah. Everything else, I don't care what somebody says about. It. Well, I think the Lord meant this. I think God meant. that. I think God doesn't care if you yeah. think about it. That's right. It's what the word is. I'm sorry. I wish I could tell you that. You know, it. That's how Paul felt about it. And and when you when you go on from there, and you see, you know what happened all the way back. In the book of Acts, uh, Acts, the second chapter, remember, we, we love it. The Holy Ghost is outpoured. First part of the second chapter, they're talking in tongues. And I know it's us here tonight, apostolics, and, and they're doing wonderful things. And Simon preaches and he culminates the sermon with repent and be baptized in Jesus' name and get filled with the Holy Ghost. But if you'll notice in the middle of his sermon... Acts, the second chapter, in the 22nd verse, in the 20th through the 28th verse, he said, Gee, This is Jesus the Christ, this is Jesus the Christ, Jesus the Messiah, came and did miracles and wonders and signs. And you guys have taken him with your wicked hands, and you've crucified him and slain him, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death. That word. Loosed there in the Greek, having wrestled him out of the hands of death. Simon Peter said he was wrestled free from death. He goes on, because it was not possible that death could hold him. Yes. Therefore, my heart rejoice, my tongue was glad, my flesh shall rest in hope, because if you wrestled him out of the clutches of death, you know what that blood says? You know what that blood says, I can wrestle you out of the very clutches of death itself oh you will not leave my soul in hell nor will you suffer your holy one to see corruption you've made known unto me the ways of life thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance what are you saying I'm here to tell you there is not a drug there is not an addiction there is not a problem there is not a genetic predisposition there is nothing that can separate you from the love and the power and the deliverance of almighty god i don't care how you were raised i don't care what you've been through i don't care what disease have you our god is able the blood can break it oh but you don't understand you don't know what i've been through you don't know i wasn't oh my tongue shall be glad My heart rejoices. Why? Because of the one drop of blood. Oh, hallelujah. Paul went on to say in Romans, So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God, but you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwells in you. Why do you think it's important to stay full of the Holy Ghost? I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what the next virus or the next, you know, they're going to come in and say, Pastor, you got this problem. You got that health problem. Or maybe it won't be a health problem at all. Maybe it'll be a bus. That's why every day I got to stay full of the Holy Ghost because I don't want death to ever be able to take this mortal body I want to stay in the spirit where I pass from this life into life more abundant oh that's what it's all about is not being able to be you know you, that's why whenever we that's why Paul would later say why are you weeping like others who have no hope for we know that you know what that the, you pass from death to life These are the power words. He goes on and let me... I know my time is... We want to all go and have tacos. (laughs) 2 Corinthians, the 4th chapter. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down but not destroyed. <laughs> Always bearing about in the body the blood and the body. That's what's so powerful about taking communion together. We took communion this morning. We're going to take it for those of you who weren't here or you want to join them. But he said... We're supposed to bear in our body every day the dying of the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for dying on Calvary. Thank you for shedding your blood. Thank you for allowing the whip, the stripes to come so that I could be healed. Thank you, Lord, for taking a crown of thorns so that the shame and the curse on the ground could be broken in my life. So that I didn't have to just work, 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 work all the time. I could find a place to get into where I feel the presence and peace of Almighty God. Thank you Lord for ripping the veil in the temple so that I could go boldly and have access into the presence of Almighty Thank you God by bearing about the dying of our Lord that the life of Jesus might be made manifest. Why? So that I would be like him. For we which live are always delivered unto to death for Jesus' sake. What does that mean? <laughs> I constantly have to die to my will, my ideas, my way, what I want, I have to be willing to die daily. What does that mean? I don't want to do it that way. I don't like that. I wanted to do it this way. I don't want to... Let me show you how. I'll do it. I, I know what's best. Guess what? Unfortunately, if you're going to be a part of the church, you've got to at some point say, not my will. Yes. 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 Amen. Is the servant greater than the master. Jesus had to pray that. Can I be part of a club? The church is not a club, folks. It's not something that if I don't like what the direction of what the guy is saying, you know, I'll join another club. I was a member of the Kiwanis, now I'll be a member of the whatevers. It's not that way. It's I've got to submit my will him that's why Paul said our lives are always delivered unto death not for my sake but for Jesus' sake that the life of Jesus might be made manifest and Paul told the church in Galatia he says I am travailing I am praying why That Christ be formed in you. I would have thought that was Galatians, the fourth chapter. You read the sixth chapter. It's my last verse. I'll put it up there. Here was a church that was in a struggle between being Jewish or being Christian. Operating under the law versus operating, we'd say, under grace. And Paul told them, he says, you're going to have to at some point, you're going to have to realize that Christ has got to be formed in you. It's got to be Christ. It's got to be about him. It's got to be about laying, deny yourself, take up your cross, lose your life. Paul wrapped up that letter by saying these words to the church of Galatia God forbid that I should glory except in one thing what was it? the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ by whom the whole world is crucified unto me what did he mean by that? that there can't be anything in this world That's more important than my relationship with Jesus. I've got to get on that cross and say, I'm sorry. This world is not my home. I'm just a pilgrim. I'm a stranger. I want to have a nice house. I want to have a nice car. I want to have nice things. I get it. I understand all of that. It's nothing wrong with having all that. But when all of that becomes more important than my relationship with God, yes. something's wrong. Well, I want to have a family and I want to have a husband and I want to have 2.4 kids and, you know, 1.6 cats and, you know, a half a dog and I got it. It's all good. But when it becomes more important... Yeah to my relationship here. That's why Paul said, the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. For in Christ, being a Jew or being a Gentile, it doesn't matter who you are if you don't become a new creature we took communion this morning the ushers have some if you <clears throat> have a family member that's not here you want to bring one we're going to stand and if you would like to join us the bible talks about praying for the church i read the verses this morning that paul identified in first corinthians 11th chapter when he talked about how the lord broke the bread said take eat this is my body which was broken for you if you want to come if you were not here this morning you want to come forward or if you just want to motion the ushers will walk through they will tell you they will give you one you're welcome to come join us in the front I think there will be enough distance uh, if you did this morning and you want to do it again tonight that's fine too I'm not trying to limit anyone you're welcome to partake of communion made the statement take eat this is my body which was broken for you this do in remembrance of me he took the cup said this cup is the New Testament in my blood for as oft as you do it you do it in remembrance of me you say is this really the blood body and blood no this is just symbolic We don't believe that this transforms into the blood. We believe that the Holy Ghost, though, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Oh, you say, why? Because Passover was celebrated this past week. And I I realize that, you know, we... My wife and I have been privileged. We have been invited more than once to celebrate Jewish Passover and we participated in Little Rock and sat down with some Reformed Jews and listened as they looked toward the future that one day Elijah was going to come back and say, let's go to Jerusalem. Looked for that. And I remember thinking as... They were talking about Elijah and that wonderful day and I thought what a privilege it is to sit here and realize that circumcision or uncircumcision doesn't have any difference. Paul said it that way. He said, but you can be a new creature in Christ Jesus. What a privilege. Let's pray for each other. Those of you that partook this morning let's pray for all of these that are here this evening let's pray ask the Lord to bless them bless us Lord I thank you Jesus what a privilege it is to be part of the family of God what a privilege it is to be part of the body hallelujah hallelujah if you pull the first wrapper back it reveals the wafer and then the cellophane and then the (coughs) aluminum foil reveals the juice and so we Get ready. Lord, I pray right now. We have those that are online. We have those that people are taking communion with to their houses individually. And I know that in this hour, we're all facing a barrage of stressors and situations and confusion and all kinds of issues. But God, You did not come here 2,000 years ago and then just leave and die. But you went to the cross for one purpose. was to build a church, was to build a group of people that were blood bought, that believed that you could heal, that believed that you could touch that believe that you can do anything. And I know in this hour when we have been under attack from every quarter just to have a group of people that still say, Lord, we believe it's all under control and in your hands is what you have been looking for. I pray you will bless our church. I pray you will bless these that are here. I pray, God, if we've done anything, to, we have done anything, Lord, to grieve you, you will wash us with your your blood you will forgive us you will anoint us you will cleanse us Lord because we have to be like you in this last hour before you come you have chosen us upon which the ends of the world to come to be a testimony to this world to every young person in our school to every other employee on the job that we serve a different source and it's not what we want but it's what you want God I pray you will wash us we want to be like you in everything we do in every thought and every action and every word and every deed and Lord that's not easy but we know it wasn't easy to go to Calvary Help us, Lord. Give us strength to crawl up on that cross and let it be crucifying us and deny ourselves and to take up our cross and follow you. In Jesus' name.